everybody, Matt from Red Wings Rant, of course the home where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings. Uh, oh, damn it, I, I said it wrong. Where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings now have a home. Red Wings Rant. There we go. Yeah, that's all right. Make your own slogan and then forget it. All right, we've got uh, the end of uh, Team Sweden's uh, run at the World Juniors, but we do have uh, a new star being born. Of course, uh, he's been playing great the whole time as Emil, uh, Emil Vero. We're going to take a look at his statistics. Uh, we have training camp getting underway. And uh, we've, of course, got another beer to try from Rochester Mills. 12 Days of Christmas uh, beer box, which means, yes, we are drinking some pretty old beer at this point because it's January 3rd. <laughs> We're going to look at, uh, on this day, what's going on with the Red Wings. And everybody's favorite segment, Who's That Pokemon? I hope I did justice for Mike. But before we do all that, we've got another uh, hot Hockey Podcast Network ad for y'all. So strap in. Uh, this will be uh, Bardown Breakdown. So go check out Bardown Breakdown, everybody. But first, uh, let's do this quick ad. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bardown Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, of like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jersey. And the NHL was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. Hey, Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. You know why? Why's that? No, because I'm going to tell you. Well, because not only are things comfortable for me downstairs, they're comfortable upstairs. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, landscape t-shirt. I, um, as some people saw on uh, Twitter yesterday, my, my my good laptop, or I guess I should say my screen, is absolutely destroyed. So I can barely see, I can't even see my own face moving right now, because uh, I'm using like a, a, a TV from like 2008 right now that my laptop's hooked oh. up to, so I can still nice. use it. Yeah. I mean, the, the unit is so powerful, I didn't want to not, like... It's still going to do all the work today, and I, I'm just going to struggle. I'm just going to struggle with the output, but I could barely see. Like, it just looked like a black T-shirt. I couldn't even see the letters on your uh, <laughs> your shirt. Um, you I know what? Totally I, relate. Not... I hate having a big, powerful unit having to do all the work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, we're sounds like you had a good morning uh, today. I, I got a wonderful yeah, text we were... from, from my brother. Yeah, we were shucking corn this morning. It was a really productive day. <laughs> um, yeah, we're only two weeks uh, out from hockey, Matt. We got camp broke. Camp broke. We got to see some line combinations. Uh, we'd see if maybe Larkin would squeak into the top line. Who knows? Um, <laughs> maybe some other surprises uh, abound. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we can, we can dive into that, Matt. Uh, we're going to let the beautiful people know. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, uh, follow, follow along. We've got uh, new blogs from, from Jesse as we get the new year underway. We're all going to be coming out with our picks for the year of... Uh, Last! With the, what? Oh. Last, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have our, you know, the the our, our picks for the division. I mean, Mike, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks could beat us out this year for last place in the division. I think there's a very good chance of that. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah, if you if you dive deep into what the those rosters look like, it, it's pretty scary for both teams. So, but it's, are, you it, it, are you saying there's some more smoke of Patrick Kane becoming a Red Wing? Oh my God! I think Absolutely. just a couple yeah. of first round picks, man. <laughs> <laughs> we still on our YouTube channel. Those are the top comments of people going, Pat Patrick Kane. Oh, I just block them. I don't know if you can block. Hear me out. Lucas Raymond, Mo Snyder, <laughs> and four pick swaps for the next four seasons. I got to thank everybody too for checking out um, the last episode uh, where we we took uh, quite a. Lovely look and got super excited uh, for Elmer Soderblom. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people were checking out that episode. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm happy if, if anybody subscribed because of that and they had fun. Uh, Mike, I mean, part of the reason is because we're trying to get everybody juiced up for the new season coming up. And uh, what better way to do that than to take a look at on this day? It's our new, my new favorite segment because I get to watch Red Wing highlights uh, that I've been missing. I think. I think I want to keep doing this too throughout the season, but who knows? Maybe we'll have to set up some highlights. But uh, Mike, on this day, Dylan Larkin, that's an overtime winner. It was uh, 2019. So it's, don't forget, it's 2021 now. So it's two years ago. <laughs> uh, the assist came from Philip Aronik, but you guys are all going to see this is, this is D boss all the way. Uh, so let's, let's take a quick peek. Let's get you juiced up for two weeks from now. Right. The season getting it. started. First win in seven was heartbreaking. Put that in there, Ken. Um, We're having good good vibes. We don't need to keep <laughs> on the losing streak. If you guys um, want to check out that highlight, if you're listening to the podcast, we'll we'll have it on uh, our Twitter. You can find us on Instagram too, is brothers underscore of underscore discussion. Um, Mike, another quick shout out to uh, everybody that liked my uh, $600 stimulus and $2,000 stimulus of the John Merrill without a stash is $600, and the $2,000 is that beautiful mullet and stash. <laughs> sporting right now oh my yeah. god um thanks for following along there uh we made some people angry too with the other one i made of uh i gave our list of retired jerseys uh and then that was the 600 dollars stimulus mike the two thousand dollar stimulus of course retiring mr sergey fedorov putting number 91 up there um weird quick shout out to you put, put a multiple time mvp candidate on there with uh the leader of our Stanley Cup winning teams? That's weird. Why would you include him, Matt? I, you know, there, there's a whole other day to spend uh, in, in making the argument about, um, like, kind of letting go of that. Like, there isn't – you don't need to hold it so near and dear. Like, it's it's definitely for me. I think I've sided – I've turned to the side of, like, let's just make these guys happy. I mean, they gave us so many years of brilliant hockey. There, there are people – 
that I think the conversation, my, my old argument was if there's a conversation, just don't put them up there. It has to be for sure thing. Steve Eiserman, sure thing. Nicholas Listrom, sure thing. There was no argument there. I used to say, because there's a conversation with Sergey, don't do it. But now I've softened. I just say, you know what? Let's let's redefine what sure thing should mean because he's like one of the greatest Red Wings of all time. And I think that's that's enough. Sure. And uh, I mean, he's asked if, for it. Uh, he wants it. Yeah, if, if Coco Beware can be in the WWE Hall of Fame, I think Red Wings can <laughs> add a 91 to the Rafters, you know? Well, like soon to be 71 in the Rafters because uh, you've got our future captain uh, not only netting our, our on this day uh, goal that we, we highlighted a second ago, uh, but Mike, he's, he's back with his old his old buddies, uh, hopefully sticking around for the whole season. Anthony Mantha, Tyler Bertuzzi, rounding out that first line as Red Wings training camp gets underway. No surprises there. Uh, but as we, we pop down the list, now, do we really know which is the second and third line? We definitely know which one's the fourth line. Is that Blackfield in the locker room? Now, boys. <laughs> Look, I'm going to put these next to each other. You guys figure out. You, you earn it. Who's the second line? Who's the third line? Um, I think some people might argue that it is more obvious than I than I would say uh, when she throws Adina on there. But um, I, I mean, February Bobby Ryan. I mean, Bobby Ryan being on the second line is is kind of where everybody didn't really know how to hook up. Like when they were doing their line predictions, are you going to put Bobby Ryan that high, or is he going to be a little bit lower, third and fourth liner? I, I have no problem with it at all. I think it's all just fun and, and giggles right now. Um, I think we all know this team isn't going to be vying for a cup, so whatever you want to do, go ahead and give it a shot. Um, I do think, Mike, part of the conversation that, that'll be uh, relevant, I think, for the second line is that they're going to have the guy that's that's been playing the most uh, like real hockey uh, from these these forward groups. Uh, and, and what I mean is Zadina having played over in Europe. And uh, the comments that are being made are that he is—he looks ready to go. He—he's game set, ready, boom. Uh, so I, I think, at least from that perspective, like this, this first line performed. I think uh, in in the top twenty. So we're talking Bertuzzi, Larkin, Mantha. So you're talking top twenty, all first lines across the NHL, and, and that's in regards to what the expected goals performance was, what the puck possession was, and the actual production of the line. Uh, was top 20 in the NHL of uh, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Mantha. So we know that line can perform. But if you can get off to a hot start with Zadina coming in, having played over in Europe, I think that's going to play off well with a line that, you know, I, I mean, it's the bottom nine of the forwards where all the question marks are. Um, that's that's going to be that's going to be number one right there. That could be something where if we're going to if we're going to have the season still be interesting about halfway through where we're still like, Oh, maybe, maybe we can crack that fourth spot uh, kind of thing in our division. Yeah. Um, it's going to be because of a hot start on the second line. And um, I, I mean, I don't know. If, like if there's, if there's one thing that we've unfortunately learned to count on, it's Mantha getting hurt. So when the <laughs> Runway started out hot uh, last year, <laughs> Uh, you know, it was that top line performing, uh, you know, getting multiple, you know, points per game. Um, so the scary part becomes, you know, if Mantha gets, you know, the boo-boos we're accustomed to seeing, suddenly you're, you know, thrusting Zadina into the first line. And you're like, well, what do we do with the second line? We have Robbie Fabry centering it. And center, 
we're experimenting with it. It's not really winning us any face-offs. All right, let's put Philpola up there. And then you're like, my God, suddenly our second line center is, you know, 49-year-old Philpola. Well, who's centering the third line? Well, we kind of got a couple guys who kind of center and they kind of play wing. They kind of play defense. They don't really have yeah. a position. Suddenly, That's Darren Helm is your third line center. And it's just <laughs> it's just all over the map. So it's, uh, we, it's we definitely wild. need uh, the injury bugs to just stay away for a little while for us to not be a historically bad team again. Well, it's, it's pretty wild if you look at the, you know, seven of the bottom nine guys uh, have played center. So you, you've got Fabry, who was set, you know, they said we want to try him out at center. I think it was something to just make the second line more competitive. Um, yeah. I think when they, they looked at Philpola's that option to go into the second line, it just was, it's it's not working when you play the eyeball test, um, especially when we saw Philpola missing the up to you net so many times last year. So you just pull that right out of the equation. And and we did see a lot of success with Fabry. I know we saw a lot of it when he was playing with Pertuzzi, but uh, it's not like he's getting a downgrade with Sedina. So that's where that that all starts to fit. But I do think it's so funny that, like, out of the, you know, we'll take a whole, out of the bottom six, they've, they've all played center. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could do whatever you want with these lines. Um, there's going to be so many flips and flops that, that I, I know – a lot of Red Wings fans get get angry about uh, all the line changes that Blashill does, but uh, you know, don't forget, we also like lose most games, so of course he's going to keep experimenting with the line changes. Um, but I, I thought that was kind of interesting, like the way that we built this up and how important it was. Uh, I mean, Steve Eiserman spoke spoke about it before uh, before uh, we we even knew there was going to be you know when the training camp was going to start. He was talking about getting Fabry started on, uh, in the center position, so I. I think from that perspective, that's where all the interesting things are gonna are gonna come from the uh, production side. Is is or at least you know what? That's where the interesting conversations are. I think if that second line doesn't perform, there again, that that's where you take a look at those other two lines and you see six different guys that can be plugged into the center position. I think that's where we're gonna see the most change. That that's probably where we need everything. Uh, all of our eyeballs on uh, like that first those first couple of weeks. If that second line isn't producing. Because we know Zadine is, he's going to be hot. He's going to be coming in as again as one of the few guys that's been playing pretty hard. Um, if that second line isn't performing, I don't think you're going to look at uh, you're not going to look at Zadina. I think Bobby Ryan is is in a spot where he's got a he's he's going to be producing based off of what can be thrown his way. If that makes sense, like I, I don't think we're going to be looking at Bobby Ryan as as going as like a problem unless he's he's sluggish, which we don't know. We're not going to know until we see him. Uh, but I think that center position where Fabry's at right now is going to be where we're going to see the most change in this lineup. All right, um, Mike, defense. If we take a look at it, uh, well, <laughs> Blash say, pretty... yeah. One more thing with the with the Lions. Uh, like oh the, yeah, I'm uh, sorry. The one, two, three, four. I think the first line you know what you're getting. Uh, it's a it's a strong NHL scoring line. The second line, in the in the first line, I, like I, I expect defense out of um, you know Tuzi and and Dylan, right? The second line, it's it's offense or bust. Uh, so their job is going to be to just try and come out even because uh, I, I don't see a lot of defense out of Zadina. I don't think we've seen any defense ever out of out of Fabry, and you know Ryan's not a young kid anymore. Um, <laughs> So it's just like you get to that third and fourth line. What is their identity? Um, I guess, you know, Nemestikov is more of a, you know, defensive up, off, you know, forward. 
Um, Philpola, I, I guess he's there to win faceoffs, but it just kind of feels like these bottom six guys, you know, you said they all kind of play center, but it's going to be, you know, who's the hot guy to start taking faceoffs. And it's like the hot guy for us is going to be like, yeah, I'm at 41%. Suck it with your 39.8. Woo! <laughs> I, I, I mean, if you're going to that, – that game, like Glenn, league, Denning, but... Glenn Denning's going to be the guy to count on from that perspective, from a faceoff perspective. But I know what you're saying. Like, I, I think – I think that's why it's going to be that that focus for me is going to be on that second line because at any point in those first couple of weeks, I think we're all going to be saying, you know, put Nabistikov in that second line, put Hull in the second line, put Glenn Denning there. Um, I mean, there, there's going to be the calls for, you know, the experimental try from center if, if, if things aren't working out from the get-go. I think that that's... Yeah. that's I mean, Fabry, be- Fabry's up there to make plays. Right. He's he's right. not up there to, you know, win face offs and, you know, get back on defense. So I, I it's hey, almost like what? I want the second line to be like the third line and just be out there for like, you know, we need some razzle dazzle. Right. We got to wake these. Uh, all right. There aren't any fans right now, but we got to wake <laughs> up these television remotes. All right. We need some razzle dazzle. I think you're uh, you're you're changing my my thought process here. I think. And everything you're saying is 100 percent right, but it's making me change that idea that Fabry is going to be moved. I think he's just going to be moved from center to wing and it's going to be Zadina, you know, Nemistikov, Filippola, Glenn Denning, Helm, and then Fabry. Uh, and I think that that's going to be the best way to, to round that out. And then, you know, uh, I, I think Bobby Ryan, I don't think he's going to be the problem, but I think he'll be that guy that, that becomes the, I don't know if, if we just want to call it the, the scapegoat, but he'll, he'll be the guy that gets moved down to the third or fourth line as I, I don't know. I, I think it, it, it's, it's probably just the best way to work it out anyway, because of the age of these guys. Um, yeah. But he's not gonna. He's not a solution at center anyway. So if we if we feel like we're gonna get the offensive production from Fabry, and his offensive production is gonna weigh out, outweigh anything he's gonna do from the de- uh, defensive perspective, maybe that's where Nemistikov does come into play. And I think when you and I were first talking about Nemistikov, we we kind of saw him as like the canceled out. Like let's cancel out <laughs> Fabry's. You know. Um, what are deficiencies on the, on the defensive side? Let let that be the solution. I, I, I'm I'm curious again still how quickly that becomes what the fans are, are screaming for, and how quickly uh, how quickly those kind of moves are, are going to be coming in and out. I I would anticipate Philpla gets that shot first, only because they're going to go with what they're comfortable with. I'm not a fan of it necessarily, but I I hope that Nemistikov does get that shot with with Sedina and some combination combination of Bobby Ryan yeah. and Fabry. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Helm, just to have somebody kind of keep up with Zadina, even if, yeah. you know. So, he, you know, he might kind of help offset the young guys uh, as he kind of gets his uh, <laughs> education on what it's like to play defense um, in the NHL. <laughs> Let Helm kind of carry more of that load, um, just kind of dump and chase and try and find Zadina for a play. But um, all that might be a lot easier, Matt, with uh, DeKaiser. The DeKaiser, he's back. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're really expecting out of a guy who's just not been playing hockey for how long now? (laughs) October of 2019. So he, yeah, it's, I mean, he, he couldn't even say it's, it's over a year. It's over a year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Um, so Blaschel said that to Kaiser and Roenick, that that's what he's got set. 
and uh, and this is after these are quotes from after day one of training camp. Um, so you've got this this jumble of did, Nemeth did Stetcher Black doll. Are they are they penciled in, or is it like kind of etch a sketched in? You know, in any kind of jassel, and it'll kind of. Yeah, actually, that's that was his. Um, I don't know. I guess prediction. I don't know how you put that as a coach coaching perspective. It's not a prediction on his part. He's going to do whatever he wants. But uh, he he did make note that I mean it could be DeKaiser that plays himself out of the first line if he's if he's not or the first pairing if he's not playing up the part. And, and that's all going to come again from being 15 months out of playing hockey. And I think uh, DeKaiser even in his statements uh, post training camp on day one, like he was excited to get back out there. Uh, but he, he made mention himself, like it, it, it's gotta be something where he's got to catch up to where he was October of, of 2019. And, and that's not, we're not making any grand statements here. I think as we've watched sports, Mike, since, you know, we were little guys, since we were like four and five years old, we, we've been watching and we've yeah. always made that claim. Like if you have the option to put in a healthy guy over an injured guy, and this could be, we're just changing that conversation from healthy to recovering. Go with the healthy guy. I, I have no problem with that. Let the Kaiser get his legs underneath him. Uh, that, I don't know if that means you're putting him on a lower pair or if you're making him a seventh defenseman. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we want to go that I, yeah. route. But um, you know, from, <laughs> I, from that, I'm, I'm from actually that surprised that he's that they're like predicting him to be in the top um, pairing. Uh, I think we also saw some some notes that he was already like working the power play and. I'm like I, I hope that works out, but that's a lot of minutes to ask of that guy to be on the top pairing and be out there for special teams. Um, so I would just think that that means he's not going to be on the penalty kill, right? I I'm going to say this minutes wise. I don't know if we're going to play uh, like Heronic could be asked to play like 30 minutes a night. I don't want him to. But here's we're only playing 56 games this year, and we know we're not going to have to worry about the playoffs. Is that is so, that the pitch to Heronic? Buddy, <laughs> I know you like your legs. You're not you're saving it up, right? You're not playing in the playoffs, all right? Not, not an option for you. Okay. Well, that, that's the other thing, too, with uh, talking about Zadina and Hironik being ready because they've been playing over in Europe. They, they're they also going to be the first guys that hit that midseason, you know, the, the, the trip, you know, when, once you start to come down because it's been <laughs> – yeah. they've been playing so long. I, I mean, that's that's human. That's as human beings. Um so I, I guess, I guess to that end, maybe that there, there's two sides of that coin where it's a 56 game season, but then uh, the two guys who are going to be punished the most are Heronic and Sedina. Uh, but I, I still, I don't know. Uh, there, there's so many different ways and, and variables that are going to play into this because it's a 56 game season because we're not going to the the, the finals this year. We know, we know that. Um, I, I just, I'm going to side again with. If DeKaiser doesn't look ready to go, just hold him back. I, I, I know eventually we're just going to have to force him out there, but if it's the first couple of games of, of the season, that's that's fine. I mean, look, like with the Red Wings, I think ideally you want to kind of see everything firing on all cylinders. You know, uh, mm -hmm. if, you're at the, if you're at the switchboard, you know, you just want to like crank the volume up on everything. But it's kind of like we only have Mantha for a little bit before he gets hurt. And then by the time that we have, oh. you know, DeKaiser ready to go, uh, you know, that might be a little bit into the season. So you're going to be kind of cranking back on how much Mantha time you get. And then DeKaiser slowly getting reacquainted, you know, and then maybe another, you know, goalie gets injured. It's just, God, our, our, our depth is so rough. It's hard to like see a spot where everything's kind of, uh, 
you know, at the same kind of plateau so we can just kind of see what this looks like when everything's healthy and ready. Oh, well, I, uh, you know, what's funny is I, I realized I put down all these defensemen. I didn't even throw in like a Chilowski in there. Um, all right. <clears throat> so, Oh, for Nemeth, uh, Stetcher, Stahl, Merrill, and uh, Lindstrom. Yeah. So some some smattering of those those gentlemen. Yeah. And uh, I, I wanted to come back too to to Mantha because we were talking about him getting injured. I don't know if you saw his training camp uh, interview, but oh Art, Art Wagner. Oh, I thought he got hurt already. Okay. <laughs> he, had, he, had, he had a tweak. You know, he was in an interview. He tweaked a vocal cord. You know, he's they, they want to be safe. <laughs> um. Well, that's that's where like the I don't know I don't I can't figure out if it was a shitty question or if it should have just been more direct. But Art Regner was like, "Are you are you going to be as physical as you were last season?" Uh, pretty much saying like, "Are you going to keep getting in dumb fights and hurting your hand?" And uh, Mantha got a kick out of it. He started <laughs> laughing, um, and he okay. said like. So Regner like put it that way. He's like, "Are you gonna be as physical as you were last season?" And and Mantha just immediately was like, "Uh, we're gonna try and avoid fights if that's what you're asking." Like, uh, <laughs> such. Sometimes Regner, I, I I think you and I grew up. That was like the first sports show that we listened to was Regner, and I, yeah. I I don't know what it was, but I was a huge fan. But after we had Burpgate, uh, 2020, when he was interviewing Steve Eiserman. Uh, and he's eating hot dogs and burping up beer in mid-interview. And now this question, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with Regner anymore. Where? What, what are we doing, man? Come on. All right. Uh, so we still have a lot of things to play out in regards to this lineup. I don't know, Mike, if, if – I mean, how do we play this game of, like, what these defensive pairings are going to look like besides just going, like, who, who do you think would be the odd man out to start the season? Yeah. And I, I got to think – it, it based on the what what Blasha was immediately referencing on on training camp and giving us those names of uh, Nemeth, Stetcher, Stahl, and Merrill. I liked seeing that Lindstrom was used um, on the power play, so I, th I th on the second power play unit. So I, I think there's a good chance, or at least the better chance, that he's going to be on that opening day roster if he's getting that power play time. I I gotta say I think Stahl is going to be in there because he's a veteran. Uh, and I think they want to get this the season started out with some experience on the ice. Um, and that's not, I mean, that's not to say that there there aren't other options out there. Like we just, you know, if we're going to say we're not making it to the finals, why are, why are we looking for experience to be on the ice with Mark Stahl? But that, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of, I mean, that's playing the eyeball test, right? Like at that point, we're not looking well, at me, advanced, advanced analytics. Yeah. Let me ask you something there. So it, it kind of feels like... Uh, I, I'm leading up to... Merrill, I'll say that. With Nevith, Stetcher, and Stahl, um, and Merrill, uh, is expectation from any of these players uh, to kind of join the rush? To me, it kind of feels like all, we, we are tired of putting, uh, you know, six goals up defensively. So we're just going to kind of stack it up with a bunch of defensive defensemen and then just try to, you know, have kind of lower scoring games. Is, is that a fair assessment? I don't know how many of these guys I expected join the I, rush. I think that I think that comes back to uh, the the signing of Greg. I'm not saying uh, that's a bad thing. I just you know right. is that the strategy? I I think so. I think we I think we want to play something that's that's a little more tight. I I, I there might be a point at the season where we open it up and we just say, all right, boys, like go for it. See see what you can do. But I I I have to hope that that's the strategy. But it, it makes sense because when we talk to 
uh, to Jay Fresh Hockey. I mean, that was his assessment of, of all these signings was uh, you're, you're getting bargain deals, but you're also not getting a lot of offensive production from this. What, what you're hoping for is the, the defense is so steadfast and hard to break through that you're going to put the, the offensive onus on a first-line pairing or on the power play, and then the rest of the game is just limit these other defensive pairings to, pro- to, to maybe like one goal altogether. Um, play as tight as possible. One, to, I guess it would have to be like right in that one to two goal range. I don't, I don't know how much you could expect uh, the bottom pairings as long, you know, mixed with uh, your bottom six forwards. If if you're really sitting there going, well, let's hope that it's just one goal because that's probably a really good fucking team. But uh, yeah. but I think that's that's how you got to play it. And ultimately, the the sacrifice there is zero goals from the bottom six and from the bottom four. Uh, and you, you just hope that when we talked earlier about the first line actually performing up to par with the rest of the first lines across the league, or, or at least, uh, being interchangeable with, um, you know, if, if there's a second line that's performing pretty hot, they're going to perform better than them. Uh, it's going to be about playing a chess game from Blashill's perspective, uh, getting that first line out there against the line that they can be successful against and then allowing the the bottom four and the bottom six to be to be the the shutdown i i it's just or at I, least... I, I think uh because where you know you and i were kind of uh a little uh we'll use the word concerned uh, about some of the forward depth on our team mm-hmm. but for me it, it i know we still are sitting on about nine million bucks in cap space and i, I it just kind of feels like we have these defensive defensemen and if eiserman kind of you know watches how this plays out and you know we're just you know just the goal behind in a lot of these games maybe that's when we can actually pull that trigger and uh, uh, take one of those contracts off of tampa bay um i'm looking at you tyler johnson uh but um i i i don't know if like if something like that happens and you see the red wings are you know maybe almost treading water defensively and you know they're just you know still competitive like a player like that, you know, suddenly you can you can have that second, third line depth, Matt. It's it's an exciting possibility, and um, I guess I guess I, as 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 leery as we were the forward lines, I think the defense might allow you to do those kind of risky line combinations up front, where your second line might have no defense on it. Uh, but it's you're going to be able to lean on guys who are defensive defensemen to kind of you know um, you know hold the fort for you. Yeah, it's. I guess it, it is definitely going to be interesting to keep an eye on those first couple of weeks to see like what what are the wingers doing on that second line? Uh, either to yeah, are they are they cutting in a little bit closer to the net? Are are we playing the defenseman back? Like, are we doing those early exits just to make sure that if there's any turnovers? And I, I'm I'm basically saying like <laughs> if if Fabry's going to be let go, like let loose, like do what you got to do, man, to get to the net. Which again, we saw. Uh, gosh, from a puck possession perspective, he can overcome, he can give you enough production to overcome any deficiencies. Um, but that's, that's it. You know, like, 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 where do you, where are you going to put those defensemen? How early are they going to make the exit? What are your wingers doing? How, who, who's playing up? Are we doing three men up, uh, to try and take advantage of, of Fabry's aggressive play? And if we see the opposite, if we see anything going in any other direction, um, you know, are, are we letting Fabry do what he does best? Is that really best for Fabry 
And uh, is that going to maybe be too conservative? Uh, but that's what you got to look out for in those first couple of weeks is what what is that second line doing from an openness perspective, from an aggress aggression perspective, I think. And, um, you know, do, does does it play off the idea that this could be a high production second line, you know, try, trying per, trying to perform in the top half of the league in regards to production on a second line? Um and not and not give up too much. Not be you know that that conversation of well you've got to play tighter because you're giving up too many goals despite the couple that you're you're putting on top. Um, <laughs> right. I, I, think I what mean, what we learned too is that uh, you and I really love playing the GM. Oh, you're ready to move on. All right. No, I was just <laughs> saying because uh, this was like the the most excited we got for the show is to kind of kind of juggle that stuff. Um, I I really miss talking about this stuff. This is. This, it's making me sad and happy at the same time. I want to just share with you a quick uh, two numbers. Okay. Uh, we'll give you three yeah. numbers. Tyler Johnson's making five mil. So we could still get that, get him over here. And uh, we still have some wiggle room, but the Red Wings are sitting on nine and a half. In space. I will confess. I, yeah. And Tampa Bay is sitting on $0 in space. They are <laughs> right against it at 97 mil. So, Matt, give Uncle Stevie a call. Huh? We'll help you out, buddy. Come on. What do you got? What do you got? I wanted to throw – I mean, you still have the Islanders that, that need to sign uh, Matt Barzell. As far as as far as I can tell, I'm pretty sure he's not been signed yet. I, yeah. I wonder I wonder what can be fit into that. I know this is a whole bubble right there. Worms, but I saw one other thing that made me just bring a tear to my eye, like um, – you know, the Red Wings are finally in a spot where they can uh, – because they're they're garbage, so they're in a spot where they could get a good draft pick. And then we screw up the lottery, yeah. right? The other thing, too, is right. the Red Wings are like, hey, we're open for business. We we'll take every single bad contract, just give us a draft pick. And right when we're, like, at a spot where we can just do that, just just irresponsibly, just, yeah, just give us all the trash contracts, uh, suddenly there's another expansion team. Fuck, now we got <laughs> – more competition for <laughs> contract trades. But anyway, I digress. Matt, is it beer time? Oh, is it? I thought we were okay. Yeah, let's do beer. Let's oh. do it. Yeah. All right. I got all well, set up for be the GM. But let's uh all right everybody. We're drinking we're drinking <laughs> beer. Let me uh it's, it's getting right warm here. over here. Yeah, this is so uh, well, yeah. <laughs> We're doing the twelve days of Christmas milkshake stout. Uh we've been drinking all these to see if it was worth your while. Obviously it's past Christmas, so don't go out there and buy these boxes anymore. Uh, today, we're going to be down in the salted caramel uh, milkshake stout. I, I got to say, I, I actually was saving this one for a while, but it's the only one I could find in the fridge, even though I know we have one more after this. Yeah. Um, so that's why we're drinking it today. I wanted to save it for last. I, I got to imagine that this is going to be the caramel flavor I was hoping for after we just did toffee. Oops. Oh, English coffee. Uh, yeah. Yep. And that one for me ranked pretty high. And and ultimately, I think we've seen beers all over the place. Uh, if it had a coconut flavor, we really just hated it. I mean, a 1.26 out of 10. Uh, the English toffee that we drank <laughs> last week was, uh, was an 8.12. And um, highest highest ranking beer so far is still the peanut butter stout from uh, our, our fourth the fourth beer that we tried, uh, highest score on drinkability, uh, matching the flavor to the can, and then the, the actual can really getting us going too. 
so that's what we're actually grading all these beers on is uh, can we drink it? Is it something you think you could pop open a second and third can? Uh, are we matching the flavor to what this thing's actually called? So we're going to be looking not just for caramel flavor, Mike. Got to get a little bit of salt. Called it salted caramel for some reason. Uh, and, of course, the can, which uh, right now, not very subtle. And I don't know how I feel about the blobs of caramel that are on here. But we'll, let's, uh, let's jump in, Mike. I got, I got mine all poured out. I think it's a little too hot in my office today uh, because we have uh, – Quite, quite the head on that guy, and uh, it's not, it's not yeah, it's going down. Uh, yeah, a little truffle uh, tiramisu going on there. It's pretty nice. All right. Definitely a BBC head on that beer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. We can edit uh, that out post. Okay. Um, <laughs> Let's, uh, oh, we're live, buddy. Oh, shit. All right. Well, um. Man, I've been drinking a lot of uh, ginger coffee. Good coffee. Uh, maybe it's just kind of overwhelming, but uh, yeah. Are you tasting caramel? I I am getting caramel. I'm not getting any salt. And and with that too, like, can't we start the conversation that we should be getting some antioxidants from this? If they're oh, oh my god, I got salt. You got a little salt rock in there? <laughs> I don't like it. It's like somebody just ran in my office right now and sprinkled a little bit of salt on top. I don't know. How, how do I feel about getting like actual salt feel and flavor on my beer? Are you getting that salt? It's definitely like uh, it, it's the linger on the back. Uh, and it's sticking around too. Oh my gosh. Oh. It's... It's in the middle of the beer. The, the salt yeah. is in the middle. I'm trying to drink all the way to the middle here. Hold on. I'm racing now, through the thing. Can. It's the drinkability. Like if we just said, drink this stout, I I just went through half of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. I, I can't imagine. I mean, the saltiness is going to get to me. Um, I was trying to find the salt, so that's probably why I drink it so fast. But um Whew. Well, I'm hoping the antioxidants kick in with all that salt, right? That's so the think, game you play with yeah, your, your smart I'm water. Really, yeah, I'm, I'm really soldiering through. I'm already, like, down to here. Give me drinkability at about uh, 8.4. I like it. Uh, now, you for you, Mike, this makes it the second highest beer for your drinkability. Um, I, I'm going to go – I'm going to sound like I'm snootier here because I'm going to – I don't like this as much as the red velvet, especially not as much as the peanut butter stout. I'm, I'm going to go 8.3 on mine. Um, now, matching the flavor, Mike, we actually, I, like I said, I just got salt. And I did, I got caramel. I know you said you're not, you're not getting it. I think it, this is, this is sweet. Yeah, and for that, some it's reason. Not, it's not punching me yet. The salt? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels like, um. Remember when you were a kid and you had you put too much salt on your French fries? You ate that. And that's what it. That's what it was for me. Like a kick right on the tongue of saltiness. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not thrilled that it matched the flavor that much for me. But I mean, it did match the flavor. Like <laughs> that well, salt. I, like, uh, I I really thought that like last week when we had the English toffee. Yeah. That's kind of what I imagine when I close my eyes and just think of caramel flavor. Yeah. Um, 
Maybe that's just a fault on my own, but it's just how I picture that. Almost like disgustingly sweet. I'm not a huge caramel guy, but this is pretty manageable for me. Um, but it just doesn't taste like caramel, to be honest. Um, I kind of have that. When you close your eyes, you should think of that kind of, you know, chewy, stretchy, you know, kind of sweet candy. And yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm not, it's not hitting me for some reason. Hmm. So what do you, what's your score on that? I'm going to have to just give it a five because I, I mean, it's, it's, it's just not popping for me. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I'm really getting the soft, like the, the soft caramels. Did you ever have those? I know uh, mom used to buy them and I'd eat the whole bag myself. So I don't know if I ever left any for you, but uh, that's what I'm getting. Like the soft caramels and then the the saltiness at, at the end. Like it, it really kicks kicks me right at the, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd say like five seconds after I've swallowed. It's really salty five seconds after you swallow. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's do the can. I, I, I'm gonna get another close up here. Uh, I know we've ragged on subtlety before, but uh, they're they're with this. I, I like the the font that they use for salted caramel. It really helps sell the holiday feel, and it makes it look like a candy shop. Um, I just it's the caramels on there that don't. I don't know. They don't look that appealing, especially with a little sprinkle of like sea salt on top. Uh, that, that's, that's a lot of salt. Game. Yeah, this <laughs> is quite a bit. But it's not going to be hidden. Salt should be used like a like like sprinkles like that word you use. You don't just take a handful and kind of crush it all over your Sunday. You know, you you, <laughs> you have like roughly a granule. Um, uh, I I get it, but I think for me these are kind of like dried out old caramels. Like they look like you know your teeth fell out, so you just try to wedge in like a little brown like molar. Um, yeah. And then it's starting to chip away. So you have these little salt granules falling out. Uh, so it looks like teeth chiclets and like <laughs> rotted molars, um, in my opinion. So knowing that smoking way too long. Yeah, this is a dentist nightmare, uh, this can. And I gotta say, Caramel, I like seeing that like the stretch and the pull, almost like mozzarella cheese, but for Ooh, candy. Or like uh just put like a, a hot caramel sundae on the can. That or you do you ever do that cool thing where like when you're at home you make a grilled cheese and you cut it in half and then you kinda like slowly spread it apart? Yeah. So it looks like you're about to make love to that sandwich, like blah, 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 blah. like that's <laughs> that's what the caramel should look like. <laughs> when you cut a Snickers in half. And just slowly spread her open, and then you can see it. Yeah, no, I I know what you're saying. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go. So here's the thing: font gets a ten. That picture gets a six. So I'm gonna give it an eight on the can, giving my final score an eight point one four for this beer. Mike, as a guy who's lukewarm on caramels and uh, red hot on oral hygiene, I'm gonna give this can a three. Nice. I'm not well, Mike, this round this comes up to a six point six four for you, uh, making it your second worst beer. Wow! Yeah. Or no, third. So there's the the triple layer cake, which is infamous on this show. The imperial stout that you weren't a huge fan of, and now salted caramel. Uh, for mine, uh, the eight point one four. It's actually ranking pretty Ooh, high because I had a lot of sevens at the start. So I put creamer in my coffee this morning, and it was yeah. really sweet. And it's uh, I have the uh, Bones brand coffee. Kind of, it was overwhelming, but now that I've I've drank most of this beer, now the beer is coming back. 
Um, and I'm going to say, what did I give for the uh, matching of the flavor? Uh, I think a five. Yep. Five. Straight five. Maybe a 6.7. 6.7. Yeah. Let's see how it climbs up the list now. 6.98. Mike, you, it jumped over the chocolate, chalky chip pancake stout. So now it's, oh, it's right in the middle now. All right, give it uh, a 6.5. I'm not feeling that. I don't have okay. my charge. <laughs> I got it. All right. I'll just keep playing with these numbers until it's below just the chalky chip. There we go. This is a safe score. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go down like it. All right, uh, now it's tied. Uh, we're gonna leave it at that. I gave it a six. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. Just, this is great podcasting. I'm just gonna keep playing with the numbers till it works. Um, Mike, you know who who kept playing with the numbers till it worked? Manscaped. That's right. Yeah, the Lawnmower 3.0. They kept playing with their numbers because they want you to play with your buddies uh, till they're nice and soft and. Wow. We'll leave it at that. All right. So when they were playing with the numbers, they <laughs> were working the sucker up to a 7,000 RPM motor. Uh, the, this charge lasts all day, and it's it's the 3.0 because they've gone through two iterations because they want to keep making this better for you. Uh, some more numbers you can consider is the 20% off and free. That means $0.00, and zero cents, uh, shipping uh for the lawnmower 3.0 package so you just got to go to manscape.com and use promo code thpn and you're gonna get 20 percent off and free shipping so you do this you help support the show you help uh support the hockey podcast network uh we're all gonna be around for a lot longer if you go buy that lawnmower 3.0 but I, i'm i'm telling you mike we've been talking about it for the entire year yeah. We've been talking about all of our little journeys through clipping it's only been, uh, right. it's only been three days <laughs> Ah, ah, ah. Woo! All right, I'm sorry. I like well, get Manscaped. The, right? Get like that New Year nice started off right, right? <laughs> and I like my little leather case, and I, that's not what I named my ball sack. It comes with a leather case. <laughs> that, uh, I love my little leather case. Look at it. <laughs> it's nice, like boiled cow skin. Oh, it feels oh, great. That's great. <laughs> so keep keep your boiled cow skin nice and clean with the lawnmower. <laughs> A wrinkly, crinkly bag of skin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's time for uh, for my favorite uh, segment. And uh, let's see if I can clean this up properly. No, we're not doing that. We're doing Matt's favorite. It's uh, be the GM. Dude, I hit the wrong button. All right. Even there if it really sucks, I get music rules. All right. It doesn't <laughs> suck, but I'm sorry I phrased it that way. Man, what do we got for this week's Be the GM? Uh, this week, we have. Oh, I hit it up. There it goes. Uh, Mike. So I did get uh, criticized here, but uh, you know what? I had so much fun thinking of this. Um, so I wanted to add some drama, but not too much drama. I didn't want to put a gun to anybody's head. So. Mike, you have a squirt gun filled with wine pointed at your chest, and you just bought a new suit. So you have to listen to this individual who's crashed into your office. Mike, you're passed a list of four names, and you are instructed to give one of them a new contract today so you don't get any playing time uh, through this upcoming season. You didn't get any training camp when this is, uh, I guess, you know what? You could play right now, Mike. You could go through a couple of days of training camp and, and give me a pick here. Uh, Mike, these four names on this list that you have to sign one of them Chalowski, Rasmussen, Svechnikov, and Hirose. Who, Mike, are you given a contract to without seeing them and only knowing what you've seen in the past? 
Well, I am going to go the route of Mr. Steve Iserman. And what I'm going to do is pick uh, the biggest man in the company. Give me Rasmussen. All right? You can't teach like height. You can't teach big. He's a big you baller. Can't teach, teach that. that. <laughs> Bada boom, biggest guy in the room. How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? All right, Mike, I love that pick. Hey, Tucker Skywalker. All right, Michael Rasmussen, welcome to my office. You're getting a new contract. So here's the game I'm going to play. I'm going to pick up Svechnikov. And the uh, Let's Go Red Wings uh, Nation pick Chalowski, yeah. uh, which I totally get. Uh, I'm not saying that's a bad pick. I'm picking Svechnikov, Mike, and I'm giving him a short contract because I'm just going to hold on to this guy and keep asking Carolina if they want uh, the Svechnikov brothers to play together. I, I figure at some point I'm going to get a draft pick back for that. So Svechnikov for future draft pick yeah, consideration I, from I, the Carolina Hurricanes. It's like the Sedins, <laughs> huh? Right. <laughs> it was it was kind of weird to see uh, Svechnikov get interviewed about that yesterday. Um, it was, I don't know. It, it was a little awkward. I, I you got to think. I mean, we're brothers. We know how it feels. Um, one of us is, you know, right now, one of us is down in the dumps with no job, and he plays on his computer all day. And then the other one has a one successful with, career uh, booming. Down in the jobs, uh, down in, with a job on a computer all day. So it's it's kind of... <laughs> one of us gets paid to play on a computer all day, and the other doesn't. That's so. Uh, I mean, like... You know, the sourness develops, so you got to think whenever Sveshnikov yeah. has his brother brought up, he's not too happy. But uh, <laughs> I guess maybe we just keep crossing our fingers and going, he's going to get angry. But I want one of those giant lines that Iserman's dreaming of. I want three, yeah. to four, I want three forwards who are 6'6 six, six and above, a couple defensemen who are 6'8 and above. Matt, we're just going to be a bunch of trees out there. We're going to be able to score goals from our own zone. How about that? Just the long arm of the law reaching across the ice. I can't wait. So, yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but there there was uh, on our wrestling podcast, everybody, you can check that out, Brothers of Discussion. Mike, you, you brought up um, maybe two weeks ago, one of those wrestlers did a promo where he's like, I'm better than 95% of the guys in this room. What? Not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Sveshnikov in his training camp uh, interview earlier this week was talking about all the problems he has with his game. And I guess from one perspective, it's good from, I mean, from a real sport perspective, right? Like you, you want to see a guy who's aware because he needs to fix those things, but it was a little disheartening for him to throw them out so casually and just go, yeah, Blash gave me this, 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 and this to work on. So we'll see how it goes. Like, and, and the question was, was basically like, do you, are, are you ready for the season? Are you know you're you're really gunning for a spot on on the roster? And that was his response was, I don't know. I have all these things to work out. Uh, it's not looking good. It's like oh, fuck. <laughs> um, now I'm exaggerating his answers. Uh, I'm exaggerating my own reaction to it because I yeah. I was probably laughing. Um, but I I don't know. I I still like that. Like from all of these guys, if there's a sure thing. To me, it's that one day trading Svechnikov to Carolina Hurricanes. All right. Um. Well, how about this? Like, uh, I, I understand your concern. Um, but there's some people that are like, all right, listen, you are already, you have elite height. Check. Um, elite size. That's, those are two different things. You're welcome. And now we're just going to give you this list of things. And if you do this list, you'll be elite. And he's like, 
Well, I will get started on list. Stick handling. Fuck. All right. Well, here I go. You know. <laughs> so at least he kind of have like like a tangible, objective list. You know, of things Blashell gave him. And I do wish that we could see the full list. You know, like well, the the uh, number player. one on the list was his inability to finish a game. So he was actually referring to stamina. And uh, so I, I at least think that's something you can work on. I mean, uh, going back to pro wrestling, I mean, Mike, uh, watch Roman Reigns struggle, and now he's pretty great. But uh, I, 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 that I can work with. I, I think if Blash came in and was like, uh, skating, not great, man. <laughs> this is just like, fuck. You're not, you're pretty dumb. Can you, I don't know, can you work on that? <laughs> like, those are the things where I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. He's got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I, you know, different, different strokes for different folks. I'm, I'm hoping that he takes this list and, uh, you know, they're not, they're not too daunting of requests from our beloved Jeff Blashell. Right, and uh, I apologize to everybody where I had to bring in pro wrestling into this to make it make sense for us, but. <laughs> Uh, I, I still, I like everybody's pick here. And I do like too, that Hirose finished with 19.2%. I, I think that's the guy out of all three of these, uh, or out, out of the four that, that would have been the toughest for me to sign right now. Cause it, I think he nailed it. Like Chalowski, we've seen the flashes. We've, we've seen it. Rasmussen, you can't argue with size. Sveshnikov, trade him over to Carolina. All right. Look at that last name. Yeah. <laughs> uh so that that's gonna wrap up that be the gm and uh mike it's also time to wrap up our sweden conversation for uh poor elmer solderblom becomes the uh he, he's the two-time mike uh MVP yeah. of the game in sweden i uh I, I think if you watch these games and you look at the analytics you can see that soderblom is not the mvp of these games in regards to i mean just straight up ice time uh so it's not happening. Uh, but he's also carrying, you know, carrying the puck is not something he's, he's, he's leading uh, the team in. But I, I mean, I, 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 the point of me saying this is that I think we might have a good leader on our hands. And I brought this up on Twitter. Soderblom's going to get the votes. I, I, it's, it's one of two things, right? Uh, either he's a good leader or they feel so bad for him that they're like, ah, you know what? That's for, for Soderblom. He's my MVP today. He's voted by the team. Uh, if those are your two options and Soderblom does not look, you know, in in any way, does he look like he's, he's hurting that Swedish team? Uh, we saw yesterday in their elimination game, uh, to Finland. I, if you looked at that entire Swedish team, he was playing his nuts off in the third period. And really it looked like Sweden gave up. And there were also some injuries that Sweden's dealing with too. So that, that's kind of where, uh, their season just like fell off the rails uh, right at the end there. And they, they definitely pulled back and changed their strategy where it was more aggressive the first and second period. And then they just said, you know what, let's hold on to this lead and didn't work out. But Soderblom was one of the guys we saw a few rushes of his. And of course, Mike, he had another between the legs goal yesterday. What the hell? <laughs> He's a machine. Psycho. Can't stop him. And I, I loved a uh, former uh, guest on the show. I'm not sure if he's a friend of the show <laughs> based on our conversation. Uh, Prashant Thayer pointed out to someone who said, yeah, great. Let's see if he can put those goals in in the NHL. It's not about him being able to do that on a nightly basis in the NHL. It's about that we know he can do that. And if you put him in front of the net, you're not just going to play him the one way 
way where you're going to try and or like cut in between his space in front of the goalie and him or try and move him, which is going to be very tough on a six foot eight uh, human being. If you know that he can stick handle in front of the net too, you're not going to know how to play that man. And that is the key. That's where that comes into play. That's where this power play could eventually just become the Soderblom show. Now, I'm jumping the gun here. And, uh, you know, again, Mike, we got to talk Soderblom because that's why our last podcast episode blew up. <laughs> I'm guessing. I I got to I got to believe like that. This is something that the Red Wings are, are getting that eye on. It, it's it's probably speeding up this opportunity for him from this is it in the SHL and you're getting your shot next season. Like him and Lucas Raymond, who got some power play time together. I think that's going to be huge. Uh, to put them on the power play together next season. Uh, and, and again, we, we see that there's a, a for sure first power play line this year. Uh, and if you could put together a second power play line where Lucas Raymond is passing to Soderblom, boom, <laughs> let's see what happens. Um, I, I'm excited about it. Uh, I, hope, I, I hope a lot of people are, are, are looking at it the right way. I, again, I'm not looking at this saying like, all right, cool, we're going to get these between the leg goals once a night from Soderblom, it's it's more about you've you've got a dynamic hybrid giant, a guy that you know, and it's not even about the power play. We we saw him on the rush yesterday too, just skating between guys. And Mike, where we we the trouble with Rasmussen is his speed, and you the the word sluggishness gets gets thrown about. It looks like he's skating in cement sometimes, but Soderblom has those long strides. But it's uh it's akin to I would say like Calvin Johnson if you, if you remember watching him run where it looked like he was in slow motion but he's so big that he's across the field in no time same th- and this is like this is running in case you didn't know so this is skating um <laughs> sorry for everybody listening on the podcast that is no, uh, uh, miming yeah, you can check us out on YouTube. If you were watching the video, um, you would think, my God, is there ice in his office? Oh my God, look at him go. <laughs> um, oh, Soder Blum, the cold breeze hit me. Man, somebody must be skating right now. Okay. It's funny because people were, were commenting, and if you watch it, he's, he goes down the ice fast. It's just that he's so big and he's got those huge legs. People actually said online he looks slow. He He's, he's not. <laughs> he's just got those huge legs like Calvin Johnson. But he's also stick handling through, and, and he's a guy that that proved that not only can he stay in front of the net uh, and, and knock in some pucks, but he's going to help power plays too because he can just skate through the D. He's he's that good at stick handling that he's making his own offensive zone possessions, uh, taking it from the defensive side all the way through a couple of blue lines. And I, I mean, yeah. it's exciting. It's exciting yeah, to think that we're going to have another. Yeah, yeah, like you gotta hope that these six round guys, like one of them works out. I, I don't it's not a for sure thing. Like you don't need it to have a Stanley Cup contender or a playoff contender. But if a six guy, six round guy works out, man, yeah, it's, it's freaking huge. Yeah, I just um, I'm really excited for a couple seasons from now when you know, Prashanth is like, yeah, well, let's see him, uh, you know, be the top line forward, you know, and then the next season, well, let's see him uh, get more than one MVP vote. You know, well, let's. Oh, see no. Prashanth was on his side. He's on our side. He he's was on commenting our side. On a, yeah, he was, he was commenting on another guy who said, let's see him do that in the NHL. And Prashanth said, that's not what this is about. This is about him 
being able oh, to I do this, and you, you're not going to understand how to play him right. in the offensive yeah. zone. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, – there's enough prospects that are prospects for – you know, we just call them that word because that's all they bring to the table. But Elmer, is, he's got some evidence for us to get excited about. I'm, I'm not going to knock that down. I don't, I don't get to see a lot of gazelles that can skate, you know, and now we have a couple of gazelles, and one of them's Elmer. Let's let's have a little positivity. I'm excited to watch juniors, even if our NHL product's going to be bad. Come on! Where does <laughs> right, positivity so- come from? Is this a wrestling fan? God damn it. So the other, the other uh, big uh, yeah. name that I think everybody knows Lucas Raymond's going to make a difference for us at some point. Uh, <laughs> and I can't believe people are calling him a bust. I can't believe people are calling him a bust, Mike. Don't say that. All right. So here's here's what we also want to share. Uh, so uh, we, we've got it right here. It's at uh, Hunter of Stats uh, posted here. This is uh, Emil Vero with his controlled zone exit leaders uh, after day seven. So one of the things that um, we talked about before the World Juniors even started was keeping an eye on Emil, Emil Vero. He's going to finish now and go into <laughs> – finish. Uh, he's going to go into the next round after taking down Team Sweden uh, as one of the top performing exit leaders uh, as defensemen go. And that's one of the things that the Red Wings uh, struggled with. And and two two things to keep in mind with this stat, this, this is a – uh, getting the opportunities kind of number. It's not necessarily a success number. He could have a ton of failures here, but he just gets a lot of chances. But he is trusted by Finland, who is, well, you know, they just took out Team Sweden, but it's not like we're talking about Canada here, who has just line after line after line of first-round picks. I mean, it, it's it's definitely, they're, they're closer to the middle slash bottom of in regards to how many guys are going to be drafted and, and make it to the NHL. So... He's going to have some tougher play. He's going to have some some more difficult lines to play against. He's going to have uh, a, a tougher job. His, his responsibilities, the responsibilities of a defenseman on Team Finland far outweigh the responsibilities of a defenseman in, on the U.S. Uh, U.S. team or Team Canada. I have no problem saying that. And if anybody disagrees with me, go fuck yourself. This is, this is a tournament that every year should end with Russia – USA or Canada in some fashion in the gold. It's if any other team wins it good on them. Team Sweden's great, but I mean what I say (laughs) every year, it should be US, Russia and Canada. Uh, It should be. That's where the talent levels at. If they get bored, it's not on me. That's on them. All right. But that's where you see what's going on here. And a lot of this, if if you see the other Finnish guys on here uh, on this list, I'm pointing at the list. I don't know. I don't know why. And my, my arm's going in the other direction. Let me pretend I'm a weatherman. Um, you see some other Finnish names on here. So that does mean they play a little bit more on their defensive zone. And that's why they have to carry it out more. But you can't, I mean, it would be one thing for this just not to be a number we're talking about right now. Like it's a, it's a whole nother conversation if Emil isn't on here. It's, it's, it is an opportunities thing, which we have to keep in mind. But He's still going to come out of this as a defensive defenseman being one of the guys that can control the puck and get it out for uh, the Finnish team. And the other, the other uh, number here we want to talk about is zone denials per 60 uh, tracked uh, for a defenseman only here. So a zone denial is somebody trying to get in. Boom. Emil's getting in the way. He's second in the world juniors in this and uh, third Albert Johansson. Right. So th- this is also another fun one to take a peek at. This is something where when you're trying to figure out how do you track a defensive defenseman, that's where these numbers come into play. 
this is something where uh, Emil had a great assist last night, and it was him carrying the puck and getting an amazing assist for uh, Team Finland. But this is where he's going to shine. This is where he gets uh, his chance to play with the Red Wings moved up a year. This is If this continues and this is a number that we, we can count on, he's going to be not a top-pairing defenseman, not a guy we're hoping is going to uh, perform great on the power play, but a great penalty killing defenseman and a great, you know, bottom four pairing somewhere or saving somebody in that bottom four. If we want to go with somebody who's going to move the puck a little bit more, he could be that balance to that line. Emil Vero, keep an eye on him. It is sad that Sweden is gone. We saw the tears from Soderblom and Lucas Raymond last night, but still someone to keep an eye on. Mike, I don't know if you want to throw anything in there, but I'm ready for your favorite segment. Oh, I'm always ready for my favorite segment. Um, and that means it's time for Who's that? Pokemon! Starring head coach Jeff Flashel. Man, in two weeks, we won't have to do this anymore, where I go into the annals of Red Wing history to find no! a quote from Red I thought you were going to have... I thought you were going to have a new quote from training camp. Damn it. Absolutely not. You've been combing through those articles. I'm not letting you cherry pick an easy <laughs> victory, Matt. You're still going to have to struggle this week. Um, Matt, Damn as it. usual, you get the option of choosing between myself uh, reading the quote that is uh, cherry picked by myself about a Red Wing player or friend of the show, Paul Woods, will, will jump on and help us out. Paul Woods, please. Matt has once again told his brother to go to hell. And so here's what we're going to do. Matt, roughly this this time in 2020, uh, head coach Jeff Blaschel was talking about a certain player. Matt, you're going to have to guess who he was talking about. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All right. Oh, uh, well, here we go. It's uh, Paul Woods here. Very excited to be on uh, Red Wings Rent. It's uh, probably my favorite thing in the whole wide world. All I do is go to bed thinking about going on the show one more time and here i am Thanks, coach oh you're quite welcome man but it's really exciting to talk to mike clink michael how are you doing great sounds good uh, all right there thank <laughs> you mike uh here we go <laughs> if all of a sudden uh some of the guys we drafted here in the last few years really pop our whole trajectory changes changes fast you just don't know which guys are going to pop and which aren't certainly fill in the blank would be at the head of the list in terms of showing signs of uh he's an elite competitor Blashell said there's moments he's been an elite winner, and if a number of guys pop, this sure can happen fast. So, Matt, head coach Jeff Blaschel was talking about a popping player roughly a year to the date today. Who was that popping player? I mean, it's got to it, it's got to be Tyler, right? Because he was going to the All-Star game, I think, at this point. Like, they that had been announced, or he was getting the votes, or they were talking about how Tyler was going to make it. I know he was at the top of the team in points, and I'm not sure if Mantha was playing at the time. And I don't know if they saw enough from Zadina at the time to say he's popping. I'm going to say Tyler Bertuzzi. <clears throat> Matt has said Tyler Bertuzzi. Matt. Run again! Matt! Oh, damn it! Dylan Larkin! What? Power <laughs> play goal by number 71! Dylan Larkin! Yep, sorry, Matt. That yeah, was future future captain! Future captain of the Red Wings might make a difference. Yep, that was Thanks, another tiny edition of Who's That Pokemon? 
Oh my god. All right. Sorry. Well, I'm ready to wrap up. Jesus. I have a beer in my throat. It's actually pronounced. Who's <coughs> it? Pokemon! Yeah! Thanks, Jeff Flashel. <laughs> Alright, um, everybody, thanks for not commenting again. Uh, it's good fun chatting with you. Yeah, we hate the distraction. We appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly. We don't we don't we don't need it. Um check us out. Uh check us out on YouTube as uh, the Brothers of Discussion. We've got all of our wrestling episodes up there too, but thanks for checking out all of our takes uh, over the last week of uh Soderblum and Team Sweden. Uh, a lot a lot of fun to be had there. But check us out uh, again. Uh, I, 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 we've got the um, live watch-alongs happening at BOD Hockey on Twitter. It'll be our, the Red Wings Rant podcast official Twitter uh, account. And then, of course, uh, some memes going up as uh, the hottest meme in, in Let's Go Red Wings Nation, of course, was our John Merrill. Um, you know, it takes some creativity, Mike. I'll, I'll say this. There's some, there's some rival podcasts that went a little too easy they went for some low hanging fruit and that tweet did blow up but i i don't care i'm i'm gonna stick with my creativity on this one i i'm not i'm not just gonna stick with the low hanging fruit for these uh meme trends uh, i'm gonna go we're gonna go deep go deep yeah, yeah. all right yeah, everybody thanks for everything nice we're uh we're gonna be back to twice a week this week and uh we have some pretty cool interviews lined up for this week as well so keep an eye out uh especially for next weekend uh just in case anything falls through i'm not gonna tell you who it is but uh, we should have a pretty hot uh interview coming up uh sun next sunday yeah i got it all right everybody thanks for tuning in toodles (laughs) 